Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. So today's episode, ladies, we have Jonetta Pei. She is a real estate attorney, and she has over $10 million of transactions that she's done as an attorney over the last 10 years. We get into a lot of discussion around selling real estate. We always learn about the importance of buying real estate as investors, but there's a time to sell as well. And so we go through, you know, challenges and tips and strategies when you're gearing up to potentially sell. And the most important thing, right, is this is the right time. And it really depends where you are. But most important, if you choose to sell, we talked about at evaluating the offer from a holistic perspective. What you should definitely take in consideration besides the offer. Stay tuned. Before we get into Janetta's story, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Hey guys, it's Liz. Before we get into the episode, I want to remind you that time is running out. And you just have three weeks left to get your ticket to InvestorCon 2024, the number one premier conference for women in real estate. It's happening from June 2nd to 4th in Austin, Texas. To learn more and to get your ticket, go to investhercon.com today and use the code 100podcast to get $100 off your ticket. That's investhercon.com, promo code 100podcast to get $100 off your ticket. Top real estate investors love to talk about how they save so much on taxes. But how are they able to build rental property empires while skirting Uncle Sam? 1031 exchanges. 1031 exchanges allow you to defer capital gains taxes while you sell an investment property, exchanging your old property for a bigger, better one and avoiding the tax man while you do it. And that's where First American Exchange Company comes in. They're the leaders in 1031 exchanges. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting, First American Exchange can help you with simple rental property exchanges, complex commercial real estate investments, reverse exchanges, and more. Don't let your taxes eat into your profits. Visit First American Exchange Company at firstexchange.com or call them at 800-556-2520. That's firstexchange.com or 800-556-2520. Keep your money in your pocket and propel your portfolio further at firstexchange.com. First American Exchange Company does not provide tax or legal advice. Consult your financial, real estate, tax, or legal advisor about your circumstances. First American Exchange Company. Safe, smart, secure. Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Invest Her Show, where our mission is to empower women to live a financially free and balanced life. We're so excited to have Jonetta on our show again, second time guest, and you'll be speaking at InvestorCon in May. So, so excited to have you back on. She is the real deal when it comes to attorneys and has been through everything when it comes to real estate. So it's just excited to have you back on today. We're going to talk about selling real estate and all the mistakes investors make when they're selling real estate. And you're going to tell us how to avoid all those mistakes. <laughs> so before we do that, Andrea, so we'd like to get connected to, to uh, all of our amazing people that follow along with us, all the women and men who are on this journey with us. So what's happening for you? What would you like to share this week? There's so many things that I wanted to share. And I was like, wow, which one should I pick? Right? Because I think that when you are leveling up, when you are putting yourself in different situations where you feel uncomfortable, at the same time that things are growing, like a lot of things are falling apart. 
at the same time. I got your sister. And you're like, what? What's going on right here? Right? You're leveling up your business and, and growing your team and the systems and the process. And it seems that there's like this bleach like cleaned up in terms of people process and things are just kind of like, uh, oh, all right, you want to level up? So let me test to you. So for all the ladies that are listening it, every time, and this is a pattern, every time that that I speak to the universe, I call it out loud where I'm going, my new standards, my new requirements. It's not asking, it's a requirement, right, for my life. I've been tested to the core. And, and, and I want to share it with you because if you are going through it, I wanted to like stick with it, embrace it, get pissed off. But many times you want to like run into the street and say, I'm going to sell coconuts at uh, the, the beach. But this is part of the, the process. This is just part of the game. And that's why I wanted to share it with you. Just stick with it. Okay. Don't give up. Don't go back to the the allowing either things that don't work for you in terms of your process, your schedule, people, like people that are not in alignment with you. You don't even need to prove it right or wrong to win a battle about that. Just simply say, listen, it sounds we're not in alignment. And go with your life and blast the other person and good to go. Right? But it is, oh, it's like, welcome to the new stage. Right? And what we're going through, it might not look or feel like, but I wanted to share here so you don't feel like you're like this weirdo or, or, or something is happening in your life and nobody else is going through it. So if you are, Share share with us uh, uh, on the comments on wherever you are listening to on our Facebook group what is coming up for you because I think the more we share what's going on, quicker we're gonna get there. Quicker we're gonna relate to one another, and we're gonna be able to really live life on on our own terms. That's that's the bottom line. List. I love it. I love it, and it's so so important to do that because. It's important and it's hard, but it's so rewarding. And that's the key, right? Because there's then then the growth happens and we're able to have peace with it. So that's what we're all about here in this community. And Jonetta is a uh, a great stand for that because not only is she a real estate attorney, she's going to be coming and speaking at InvestorCon, but she's involved in numerous businesses. So I'm sure you know what we're talking about here. But here here's how we want to kind of kick things off with you. What lesson has taken you the longest to learn on your journey? I would say of entrepreneurship on my delegating. I think that has taken me the longest to learn because I'm such a control freak and I like to hold on to everything. But especially in this season of my entrepreneurial journey, I will say that just learning the importance of letting go and trusting other people to help you manifest uh, your business and your dreams is something that has really been critical to me. And I'm seeing like the results of that once I embrace that letting go. 
is letting go one of the most i i wish there was like this kindergarten and then you go to high school training and and throughout our lives of, of letting go of the broken crayon or the drama in high school or whatever it is that we're going through people go through in college that i don't remember anymore what <laughs> was it and then people say what does it have to do with real estate right and i think that it has all to do with real estate if you're buying if you're selling if you're holding if you're wholesaling syndication because if we start caring this is a relationship business if we keep caring conversations from one thing to another i heard this another day that i want to bring this up it says did you really have a bad day or you had a five minute bad situation that you carry over to your entire day and going back to real estate theme that we're talking here about selling right many real estate investors are going through different things right now they're not being able to sell the properties as they wish they're taking a hit they mean mistakes and that that sale that did not go as expected it could be five years ago six months ago or two decades ago they're still holding back to that sale and that's defining them so in terms of selling right what are the biggest mistakes you have seen investors making yeah so for investors like sometimes i'll see and on the theme of letting go right so you've emotionally and financially invested into a property and you want this deal to work but maybe you're not experiencing that in the rehab part of it so you're spending too much money so it's becoming like a financial burden to you but you don't want to let go like you don't want to like sell it because you're like oh i'm in too deep because you're afraid to let go so that's like a mistake I would say real estate investors make is they get so emotionally involved in the transaction that it prevents them from seeing the larger picture. And sometimes, hey, you know, it's okay to make, admit that you made a mistake and just, you know, put that property on the market, try to sell it for what you can, and then use that as a learning lesson and move on to the next deal or the next property. Because one deal doesn't have to define your whole real estate investing career. When you include too many emotions or the emotion is kind of guiding you, it, it really affects your decision-making process during it, right? So it's so, whether you should, how you negotiate everything, it's really, it can really put a damper on all those things. So it's not just in and of itself. It's like literally impacts everything. So, uh, but yeah, it's tough, right? Because people do define, they do define themselves through that. When it, when it comes to like getting to the closing table, if you will, you know, a lot of investors have built their portfolios and we always hear, don't sell, don't sell. It's all about cash flow. And, you know, we talk a lot about it with our, with our Stride members. There's a time to buy, there's a time to sell. And there's, there's strategic reasons to do all those things. Even though we don't like to pay capital gains, you know, we have to do those things. There are, and there are creative ways to avoid that, of course, legal ways to avoid that too, everyone. But the key is to know where your property stands in your entire portfolio. And that's what a lot of the women we talk to are, are dealing with, right? And especially when it comes to generational wealth. So what have you seen to be kind of like when people are preparing and even if they've sold a couple properties, what, what are some of those like things to, to be mindful of and ensure that they happen when you're preparing 
and you 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 get ready to sell and you have it under contract and you're getting to the closing table. Any tips you have for the women and men listening that are going to be selling or selling more properties, if you will, for a bigger gain in the end? Yeah. So I would definitely say understand your numbers because I see a lot of investors like they'll offer a large closing credit to entice the buyer to buy the property. But that closing credit can force you to bring now money to the table because you didn't understand your numbers. So I would say before you accept an offer, really sit down and go through all of your closing costs and make sure that you're selling at a price if you can. Because I understand, you know, sometimes you're in distress and you're not able to do that. But if you're not in a distressed situation, just make sure that you've calculated everything. Your real estate agent commission, if you have to pay one, title fees, transfer stamps, all of those things like add up to your total cost. And so you want to make sure, obviously, you're going to get the max proceeds that you can. And if you don't understand your numbers, that's really going to impact that. So I would say start there. And then the second thing I would say is it is about relationships. So having that real estate agent that you trust, that you work with. So some real estate agents, and I'm not not being anybody, but they're more concerned about that commission check at the end of the day rather than is this like the best transaction for you? Is this the best price for you? Is this the right buyer for you? Because that it might not even be the right buyer because sometimes like you're selling a property and it's an FHA buyer, but we all know that FHA has restrictions and it might be better for you to get another real estate investor buyer or a conventional buyer. So just making sure that you're working with people on your team that understand like you and your goals that you're trying to get out of this transaction would I would say would be the number two thing. Is there or are there any creative ways for investors who decided that they are going to be selling it to get the max proceeds out out of the transaction? Right? What would you recommend? Is there any creative way? What can be negotiated? What are no negotiables? So like I said, you can negotiate how much closing credit you're willing to give. So that's one thing you can negotiate. Sometimes, you know, you can negotiate how much of a commission you're giving to your real estate agent. It's nice to give 6%, but you don't necessarily always have to give 6%. So that's another way you can get your max proceeds. And then there are things you can do, like you can ask for a larger earnest money deposit because especially if they want to extend the window of time that they're keeping it off the market. So if the sale doesn't go through, then you're kind of compensating yourself for the time that the property was off the market. So those are some things you can negotiate to kind of increase like how much proceeds you get. And you know, one thing that I always say to people, right? When you get an offer, you got to look beyond the price, right? You got to look at the clauses. What are what are all the terms plus the number over here? What is the financial of the seller? It's a combination. I feel that it's like every single item gets like a little plus or a minuses. And many times people go through, go and select the highest offer, not necessarily, as you were saying, the right buyer, nor the right terms over there. Have you seen this this happening? What has been your experience? Yeah, I have definitely seen it happen. I've had like clients who were selling the house 
looking to get a profit on the seller side and they had an FHA buyer and you know FHA does it well all lenders do appraisals but FHA does appraisals but they won't extend financing beyond the appraisal price of the property and so sometimes sellers were forced to reduce or accept a lower offer because that's what it appraised at but if they had gone with a conventional buyer or a cash buyer, that buyer, even though the appraisal said it was one thing, they might not have the cash to cover the difference. So now you don't have to accept a lower offer. So that's an example of where it's not necessarily the right buyer or the right terms. I'd also add to something that we found and we had a propaganda contract, a larger multi, and it fell through. And we kind of had a glimpse of this buyer from the commercial broker and they, the commercial broker warned us, you know, they warned our team saying, hey, these folks are known to make offers. But, you know, in terms of what they wanted to, to buy the property, we just kind of let that in one year and out the other, if you will. And they ended up, ended up the property ended up uh, not being able to get to closing and exactly what the commercial broker said came to fruition. So that's a learned lesson, right, for us early when we were selling one of our first larger multis. You know, you don't think about that when you're selling a single family or you're selling maybe a duplex, but it matters. What's the track record? You know, what is that track record of that person? You know, and you want to know, obviously, selling a duplex is different than a hundred unit, but regardless, you still want to vet that buyer because they're going to waste your time and, and it's going to come off the market and now you're even more frustrated. Now you're paying the, you know, expenses. So just be mindful of that. Track record matters. And if you're in the larger multi, or if you're looking to unload something larger, you know, you want to know what their track record is in that market. And in that asset class, right? Because those things both matter and they're different. So just wanted to add that because we we learned the hard way. We learned definitely the hard way. Listen to those brokers. And time matters now, especially with the interest rates constantly fluctuating. Like what Huge. you could get like three months ago, you can't necessarily afford to buy now. So time really is of the essence in this market. So the, the biggest question is, is this the right time to sell? I say it's always the right time to sell. There are deals happening and there are people willing to pay the price. And now is a good time to save money too. If you're looking to buy, now is a good time to save because there is going to be a point where people are going to be priced out of the market. They're not going to be able to buy or things are going to come back down. So start saving your dollars. It's always a good time to buy. Listen, we watch the market and we watch the the submarkets, right? What's going on, and we understand that it, it's not like one cookie cutter that fits all the cookies. <laughs> I don't even know if that's a term, but I just made one. So, for the the ladies that are listening, that they, they are or they, there's a difference between I want to sell my property or I need to sell my property. I think that that is a very specific distinction that you can have either an upper hand or you're just really checking the market. So for those that need to sell the property, what are the different adjustments that you will recommend between 21, 22 and then now? The things that we were able to do it then that right now we need to adjust besides the, the interest rate. Is there anything that any strategy that you would recommend now? Yes, yeah, so I would definitely say 
you have to level your expectations, right? So a lot of people are still in the mindset of what people were getting for their homes last year and the year before is not what people are getting for their homes now. It's a little bit less. So you have to like mentally prepare yourself. And that goes back to like the emotional side, right? That it's a different market and you're not going to get maybe what your neighbor got two years ago when they were selling their home. So manage your expectations. I would say that. And then two, I mean, evaluate the condition of your home. And that also goes back to how much you can get back, right? So you might have to offer up a repair credit or something to incentivize people because they they might have to put work into the property if you don't want to put work into the property because you're just looking to sell right now. So you have to, again, it goes back to the numbers, right? So if you're trying to incentivize a buyer to buy because you need to sell, but you don't want to put in the work, then how much of a credit are you willing to give them for them to do the work themselves? Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets and 500 of those women will be at InvestorCon 2024. It is the number one premier conference for women in real estate and it's happening June 2nd to 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestorCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and the skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with women who are playing at the same level. Time is running out, though. You just have three weeks left to get your ticket. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestorCon.com today and use the code 100PODCAST to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestorHerCon.com, promo code 100PODCAST to get $100 off your ticket. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. And what matters to them, right? That's the that's part of the, all that negotiation piece is what is the credit going to matter or having the work done going to matter, right? If it's an investor, it's probably the latter, right? Because they want to do their own work and add their own value, but they maybe want a more turkey. So getting inside the heads of of, of those, um, you know, both both sides of the transaction. I'm curious, like what the craziest things you see? I mean, you've gone to the table, closing table with a lot of buyers, a lot of sellers. What's the craziest thing you've seen as an attorney? I, I have to just ask you that. I'm curious. This bite of the table. Yeah, like what for, like we're sure something, you don't have to use names. I know you're an attorney, right? Protection, but I just got to ask because I'm curious about that. Clo- closing is an intense time. And I know a lot of it's virtual now. People are doing that, but there was a time it wasn't. And you're in that room and it's crazy town. So I'm curious, what was, what's the greatest thing you've seen? I actually... Uh, 
people don't talk about what happens after the closing. They always talk about like getting up to the closing. And that is like oh. a really like stressful time. I say it balancing so many different as an attorney, you're balancing so many different variables and trying to get all of them to line up so your client can get to the closing table. But a lot of interesting stuff happens after the closing that I think people really need to talk about. Like I had one investor client, he bought a property and he had it with a property manager. And so he didn't know until after the closing, the tenant who was in the space, because they had to be out once he took possession of the property, they took all of the appliances. So when he came in, there was no refrigerator, there was no stove. And these were things that he wasn't planning on, you know, having to replace. But because the tenant decided they were going to just take everything out before they moved, now, as an investor, he has to now put these things because it was a buy and hold property that he was going to rent out. So now that's an expense he didn't budget for that now, you know, he has to deal with. And then I get a call like, OK, the tenant took all the stuff. What can I do? Because this wasn't an expense that I had anticipated. You see, like managing emotions and, and, and really like getting to the closing table, people. Listen, want to sell it, want to buy, let go. Right. Not that simple. And, and I, I, I'm sure when it's not simple, when you have one seller, right? When there's like a family or siblings that will have to split the pie, then you're elevating it. But you know, another thing that I want to share with you, what I've seen also, it's a competition between the realtors. And many times I was like, wait a minute, don't you guys both want to get to the you know, closing table, but there is history. So one thing that you were saying, Liz, that I would add to it is also understanding when you are evaluating the sale, like, okay, have you done asking your, your realtor, right? Have you done business with, with this, the, the other realtor? Because many times it is just a competition of egos on the table, not looking to, to the best interests of the the buyer or seller yeah if you have experienced that janita yeah i have i've had experience some transactions where the buyer's real estate agent and the seller's real estate agent they just won't talk to each other so like maybe the buyer real estate might reach out to like schedule the final walkthrough or you know maybe they want to have a contractor come to the property and just check it out but the real estate agent isn't answering the other agent's call for whatever reason. So now it makes it difficult to schedule the inspection for the contractor to come in and give estimates and give quotes. And so they're reaching out to me like, hey, I tried to call this agent. They're not picking up. Can you talk to the seller's attorney or the buyer's attorney and see if we can get access to the property? And, you know, and that's just really ego because that stuff, the agents can work out. But yeah, I've seen situations where the agents don't work together well and it just makes the transaction stressful i mean i try to keep that stuff from my client so they don't understand like what's going on in the background but for like the agents and the attorneys it makes it more difficult to move the client to the closing table when you're dealing with stuff like that and the reason why we're pointing these out ladies it's it's not to blame realtors because a realtor can make it or break it a deal too those are factors that you can take in consideration when you are vetting, hiring a realtor, an attorney, your team members, everything. But most importantly, if you're looking to sell, right, you're going to having this list 
of criteria because if you receive more than one offer, let's look at holistically at the pricing terms, the clause. Now we're talking about the team. Have they done business before? What's going on here that it's not a attached to a number because the whole picture can get you to the closing table or not. And I'd rather get to the closing table and not get to the closing table because I wanted to get five, ten thousand more of that. So you meant we talk about time, right? Many people don't understand the power of time and how much time will cost. Meaning this buyer can close quicker, but with a lower price and that buyer can close in a longer period of time with a higher price. But at the end of the day, you need to look at the final number because how about your holding costs the taxes and different things that you still need to go through if the property is vacant, right? And I don't think, Janita, we talk too much about this holistic approach of selling. And it's just like, okay, who has the highest offer? Yeah. And I think for agents too, that incentivizes them, right? Because the higher the offer, the larger the commission. But like you said, just because they can pay a higher price and they're getting a loan, I've seen a lot of cases where, you know, you think you're going to close, but the loan doesn't come through at the last minute for whatever reason. Maybe the financials weren't looked at well enough to ensure that the person could get that home. People do last minute expenses that they're not supposed to do during the buying process and that affects how much house they can buy. And so the lender says at the last minute, hey, we can't qualify this loan. So now you've been stuck waiting for like two, three months. Cause I mean, they say that it takes about 45 days to close, but really these days it's taking much longer than 45 days. I've only really seen 45 day closings if it's like a cash transaction, but if there's a loan involved, it's taking longer than that. So now you waited two, three months for somebody to close with the loan. And their loan fell through and you got to go back to the table because you thought you were going to get a higher price point. And I'm not knocking loans. I'm not saying that having a buyer with a loan is bad. I'm just saying you have to be mindful. Take yeah. consideration when you're doing calculations, right? Absolutely. So important. Quick question too, when it comes to real estate attorneys. Now, I know you're not going to throw all your colleagues across the country under the bus, but you know... <laughs> Attorneys are not creative equal. And my sister's an attorney, actually, not a real estate attorney. So I don't usually get advice from her on real estate. She's other types of law. But attorneys, I know as we grow our, grew our business, you know, we were, we were so cheap at the beginning. And I was like, oh, you only use an attorney. Because in, in, in New Jersey, I don't think we had an attorney early on when we sold something. And I don't know if we needed to. Honestly, I, don't, I can't remember when our, we first sold a property in New Jersey. We got our start. But over the years, attorneys have become so critical. And actually, we have multiple attorneys from a real estate perspective because they each have their niche and, you know, what have you. So I'm, I'm curious as women are listening and they're saying, you know, I really need to lean on because a real estate attorney uh, or attorneys can be part of your team. And it's not just to help you during a closing or a buying piece. It's a holistic approach. We I've asked questions to our attorneys that have nothing to do with actually the law, but other things because they just, they see things differently. So when women are vetting attorneys, you know, depending on the niche, what are some red flags? What are some like things that women don't think about or people don't think about, investors don't think about 
because they see real estate in their resume, they're like, okay, thumbs up, I'm going to hire them. But they're not created all you know equal, and they they can either make or break your deals, quite honestly. So, what are some of those red flags that we can be looking for as they vet attorneys specifically? So, one of the things I say when you're vetting a attorney or even a real estate agent for your team, what's their communication style? Because everybody has a different communication style. Some attorneys they're working the transaction for you and they're doing all the right things, but they're not going to update you until it's time to go to the closing table. And some people are fine with that. They don't want to be bothered with every step in the process. Some attorneys are harder to get a hold of because they, you know, are doing closings, they're doing other things in their practice. So you're not going to be able to pick up the phone and say, hey, John, I have a question about my transaction. Can you give me a call? So if you want somebody that's more you can easily communicate with when you text or when you call or when you email, you know you're going to get a really quick response back. That's something to evaluate with the attorney. Then the other thing is, like you said, there are different attorneys. Some attorneys more do like residential transactions versus investor transactions. And the two types, yes, it's a closing, but the goals and objectives are vastly different. And so you do want to make sure that that real estate agent has a strong understanding of what you as the buyer, you as the seller, you as the investor is going to go through. So that way they can guide you and help because things are going to come up so they can help manage those things to get you to the closing table. Yeah, it's so important, right? It makes such a difference having good counsel. I can't tell you. Don't be cheap, everyone. Please don't be cheap. Don't spend the fortune, of course, but be mindful of that Great advice, and 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 especially when you're buying like a, a an asset that's you know millions of dollars, like people are penny wise, pound foolish, whatever that is. But you just don't don't chintz on a, on a great attorney, especially during your buying and selling process. So important. Yeah, and some states don't require like every state has different rules when it comes to closing. So some states are what's called attorney states where they do leverage attorneys in the closing process. And some are like what's called a title state where it's the title company. But every state has like a different way of doing closings. So you also want to make sure that whatever attorney you're working with, because, you know, attorneys are licensed in multiple places that they do understand or are familiar with how closings work in that state. And just because you live in a title state where the title agent can, or the title company can close the transaction, you still want to make sure because it is a legal process. You're signing a contract for either to buy something or you're signing a loan to promise to pay this money back. So you want to make sure that you understand the terms of these documents that you're signing or that the deed was even drafted the right way. So you make sure that you're getting like correct titles to the property. And these are things that an attorney has studied and has gotten training to do. So just because you live in a title state and you don't need an attorney, you are signing legal documents at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's important. So, so important. Janetta, we are so excited that you'll be joining us at InvestorCon May 18th and 19th. Really excited to have Janetta on a panel. We're going to be talking about asset protection because as you're building generational wealth, which is our theme, very excited about that theme. And all of our speakers are coming, coming at a generational wealth from different perspectives. Uh, you're going to be coming at it from that asset protection perspective. Really excited to have you, Amanda Hahn, who's an accountant. We're going to be diving into questions on that two-person panel. Really excited. So thank you for coming and 
excited to hear what you have to say because it's it's one thing to buy an asset, but how do you protect it and be able to pass it along right to that next generation? There's ways to do it. There's ways to make mistakes. I know we've been there, done that. So excited to excited to have you there and to really dive into that topic. Yeah, and I'm excited. And I think some of the tips we gave today is helpful because if you don't buy the property the right way, if you don't acquire it the right way, you're not going to have any assets to protect it, pass on. Yeah, absolutely. Almost like prerequisite. Uh, where can the ladies listening learn more about you and, and follow along your journey? Yeah, so they can follow me on social media. I am on Instagram at J-P-A-Y-E-E-S-Q. And they can also reach out to me on my website, which is jpay at jpay.com. And I do have free ebooks. Um, one of them relates to what we talked about today. It's called Eight Questions to Ask When Picking a Real Estate Agent. Um, so it's just a little workbook that list out questions. And then when they interview their agents, they can write down the answer. And then we also developed another one, which covers what we talked about costs that you need to consider when as a seller, when you're selling your home. So that way you can go into the transaction knowing that you've considered all the major costs. And if they go to my website, uh, jpay.com, they can request those free resources. Awesome. All this information you guys can find on our show notes. We're going to transition to our fabulous three questions. And the first one, Janita, is what's the most transformational book you ever read? The Alchemist is the most transformational book. And then I would say my second one is the 5 a.m. book. Love it. Paulo Coelho is a, is a Brazilian. So I read The Alchemist when I was a teenager. All his his books is are, and I am sure if I read them now, I'm like, wait a minute, what are you talking about here? I didn't read this before. <laughs> it's wonderful. Second question is, what's the most powerful routine that you do to create a financially free and balanced life, whatever balance means to you? I would say reflecting. I take time out of my day just to reflect on that day, on that week, because I and I and I write down my reflection. So reflecting in journaling, because I feel like there's lessons to be learned and growth to be had if you can sit and like process your day, process your week, process your month. So you kind of know where you're strong, where you're weak, where you need to adjust, and where you need help. Love that. Last question: Which women? famous or not, has inspired the most? There are three. I'm going to say Oprah Winfrey one, my mom too, because she just has like incredible strength. And I think, you know, my journey from like an immigrant home, because my parents are immigrants, to being the first person in my family to become an attorney, that took a lot of strength in character. And I definitely, my mom instilled that into me, so my mom. And then the third person would be my play mom in Chicago, Julian, when I was going through. Because you need a mentor. You need somebody who's kind of been down the path that you want to go that can help you to get there. So yes, my mom could get me so far, but I needed somebody else who had done that. And Julian was that person. So I would say those three women. That's beautiful. Janetta, thank you so much for coming back on our show. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. And we are so excited to finally meet you in May. So everyone come come, come join us. It's going to be a transformational couple of days, two and a half days, where you're going to learn everything you need to learn about when it comes to moving the needle in your life 
from a generational wealth perspective. You won't learn everything about the world, but you learn where you are and where you need to go and excited to learn from you, Janetta. So thanks again. Thank you for having me. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.